St. Paul says in his second epistle to the Corinthians, comparing the Old and New Testaments, the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. If the ministration of condemnation be glory, much more doth the ministration of righteousness exceed in glory. These words reminded me of a man many may not have heard of, Henry Gehrke, an American Lutheran pastor and prison chaplain. After the end of World War II, he was assigned as a chaplain to minister to war criminals on trial at Nuremberg. Under his care were those who identified themselves as Protestants. Catholics were served by another chaplain. Pastor Gerecki has described his experiences quite thoroughly. I will not quote him at length here. I will only say that he admits that the task given to him was extremely difficult for him, at first even repulsive, and that his first meeting with the Nazi criminals was marked by strong prejudices. Still, the chaplain's work bore fruit. Most of those he met and talked to confessed their sins, repented and converted. Gericke confirms that his experiences as a prison chaplain had made him cautious, even skeptical. So he was by no means gullible nor eager to believe anyone's crocodile tears. And indeed, not everyone repented. For example, Hermann Göring, who ended his life by suicide, and Alfred Rosenberg, they both refused to the end the spiritual help offered to them. Before killing himself, Göring did ask the chaplain if he could receive Holy Communion just in case there is anything to this business of yours. But the chaplain refused, saying, I cannot with a clear conscience commune you because you deny the very Christ who instituted the sacrament. As an opposite example, we can take Joachim von Ribbentrop. Pastor Gerecki describes his last moments as follows. A guard tied the doomed man's hands. Then he was marched to the foot of the first of three gallows and told to give his name. He was taken up 13 steps to the trap door. There he stood face to face with the impassive spectators assembled as official witnesses. The guard then tied his legs. 
an American officer asked if he had the last word to say. I do not recall all of von Ribbentrop's final statement, but it ended with, God have mercy on my soul. Then he turned to me and said, and my heart still warms when I think of it, I'll see you again. I find this to be one of the most powerful stories in which the true content and power of our Christian faith is revealed. It is a message of repentance, forgiveness, reconciliation, a new beginning for absolutely everyone. It's a truly universal message from which no one is excluded unless they exclude themselves. Many think that the Christian faith is, to use the words of the Apostle Paul, a ministration of condemnation. Especially today, there is a common perception that the message of the church is mainly about telling people what they can do and especially what they cannot do. Again and again, I am asked about one thing or another, is this a sin? If I'm in hurry, I usually ask a counter question. What do you think? Is it a sin? Why do you ask me? I will tell you why. Because your own conscience does not give you rest, but tells you that it is a sin. You don't need my opinion or the opinion of the church because you actually know the answer. However, if I have more time, I will try to explain what sin is. In the simplest terms, sin is anything that is contrary to our own true nature. We are made in the image and likeness of God. And we know that God is truth, goodness, and love. So anything contrary to truth, goodness, and love is sin. And again, a person does not need the church to tell him this. His own conscience should be enough. God did not establish the church to condemn people but to give us the opportunity to escape the condemnation. Just as the Bible says about Jesus, who is the head and the Lord of the church, God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Undoubtedly, the church also tells us about the sin. She talks about it in extremely clear terms, even harshly, as some might say. But she does it like a surgeon who uses a scalpel not to hurt or kill the patient, but to heal. Just as a physician may not refuse 
to treat anyone, so the Church may not exclude anyone from those to whom she preaches the message of salvation and mediates God's grace. By the way, it is interesting and appropriate for the current time and international situation to read what Pastor Geraki says at the end of his article in which he first told about his Nuremberg experience. Thus died 11 men of intelligence and ability who, differently influenced, could have been, I am convinced, a blessing to the world instead of a curse. For all my own blunderings and failures with them, I ask forgiveness. As they died, so will certain men of the Kremlin someday face eternity. For evil is always its own destruction. Yes, as hard as it may be for us to accept this, it is true for absolutely everyone. And we, if we want to be true Christians, must be ready to preach the same message of salvation to the most unacceptable, even disgusting persons for us, if it turns out to be necessary and possible. Remember this and be prepared. If your task is to stand by someone's last hour, whether it's Trump or Biden or Pence or Harris or Putin or Lukashenko or Kim Jong-un or your annoying neighbor or arrogant boss, you have to preach them the message of repentance and salvation, considering the possibility that you will spend all eternity with him. The ministry of the church is not the ministry of condemnation. It is a ministry of justification. Today's gospel also gives us a good picture of this. We heard about the deaf man who was brought to Jesus. In Greek, the word carry is actually used here. The deaf man who had an impediment in his speech was carried to Jesus. We don't know if this man had to be carried because he was physically unable to walk or if he wasn't psychologically or emotionally ready to meet the Lord. Of course, I don't think he was brought there by force. Rather, we can say that he had good friends who did everything in their power to help him. And that is how we must be ready to help our neighbors, carrying them in prayer, but also literally in our arms if necessary, so that they can find their good and merciful Lord and Savior. Jesus received this man and healed him. We could say that everything in this man's life had been wrong. He couldn't hear 
He couldn't speak. Maybe he wasn't even able to walk. He was unable to do what he most needed to do. Go to Jesus. Already the ancient church fathers saw here an obvious hint of the condition of all fallen people. We are deaf to the truth. We live in lies and injustice. And we are unable to help ourselves. I don't know how many times throughout human history there have been attempts to build a just social order. But I do know that each time the attempt has ended in utter failure resulting in an even worse dystopia than before. And this time will surely be no different. There is an old French saying, Plus je connais les hommes, mieux j'aime le chien. The more I get to know people, the more I love dogs. It sounds cynical, and this cynicism is well-founded. Let's recall what I began today's sermon with. If we think of all the horrors that all the crazy dictators and their henchmen have caused to mankind, entire nations, thousands and millions of people throughout the ages, from ancient times to the present day, we are left with nothing other than to grab the head with both hands and then let the hands hang down helplessly because it's all complete madness. The entire history of fallen mankind is complete madness. Sometimes it is said reproachfully, I don't know if in English, but in Estonian, it is said, God, thou seest and dost not thunder. Yes, God sees. And the time will come when he will thunder. When he will end this current era of madness. But before that, he wants to give us the opportunity to repent, convert, be saved, and inherit eternal life. This is the true message and power of our Christian faith. Thanks be to God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen.